You're listening to the Naptime Empires podcast with my mom, Nikki Ellidge Brown. Mom, your show's on. Thanks, bud. I got it from here. Welcome to the Naptime Empires podcast, refreshingly honest conversations on the realities of parenthood and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Nikki Ellidge Brown. Let's get started. the time I'm recording this, we just recently celebrated our baby girl's first birthday. And I would say that's worth a celebration and anchoring in some reflections via podcast form because she has already been my muse in so many forms, in so many ways, before she was even here in the physical world. But I absolutely want to celebrate and document some notes from her first year because this was my third and final experience with the first year baby bubble, fourth trimester plus. And so in this episode, I just want to share a bit on what has shifted and changed since she got here and how this experience has been different than for my first two lessons learned along the way and whatever else happens to come up. So if you'd like to join, snuggle in, strap on your shoes, whatever it is that you're doing over there, and let's discuss her first year. I've actually shared a lot about our journey together already um, in season three and probably even before that, previous episodes. The whole season three actually was recorded with Noe as my inside kick, as I was calling her. I was pregnant the whole time that I recorded season three, hence the trouble breathing towards the end in those episodes, probably in the upper 60s, late, mid early 70s. (laughs) She was all up in my lungs and I record these podcasts right now sitting on a twin bed in what is now her room. It was once the guest room. Now it's her room. Has she slept in it? Nah, we'll get to that later. Um, Anyway, so I've shared a lot about our journey already, but I haven't really shared a lot from this first year, like reporting live as it's been happening because I've actually been soaking it up and enjoying it as much as I feel like I possibly could have, which is a huge gift in so many ways. So I'm going to start by sharing a post that I wrote in response to a question that someone had asked in a private Facebook group of moms that are in business. And she was asking what changed in your life when you added a third child to your family. And I just started kind of writing a quick response, but then it turned on to this full on reflection because it was days before her birthday. And I ended up then sharing it in my group. That's what I do. If I spend a lot of time writing something, then I want to share it in there. And then I shared it on my Instagram and it resonated with a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. So I wanted to share it here too, just so we have it. So I'm going to be like reading to you for a few minutes. All right. It's her existence for me. Spent a while offering my thoughts on this question in a group yesterday and wanted to anchor my reflections here too. The cue What changed in your life when you added a third child to your family? My answer. Ours are almost 10, almost six, and almost one. Main things that changed when number three joined the party last year. Number one, her existence slash presence. I love knowing her. We're all kind of obsessed. We thought long and hard on whether or not to move forward trying for number three, 
back-to-back early losses in summer 2019 once we opened up to the possibility. I did practical pro-con list making, woo healing, and everything in between so that I wouldn't have a fantasy that life would be better or worse one way or another. In the end, I felt clear I'd always regret not giving her a little more time to join us in the physical. I say this because I also had two early losses between my sons, and my theory is that it was her little spirit each time. Nobody will convince me otherwise. Number two, my sleep. She has slept in our room this whole dang time. By choice and by laziness because I'm nursing and I don't want to creep sleepily up and down the stairs at night if she needs soothing. Also okay with it because number three is certainty. I feel 100% clear and complete that we are done, 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 done. Gang's all here. I never felt that on a clear biological that's a wrap folks level after one or two. I'm certain now. I'm super thankful I get to have that privilege of clear closure, fully aware that's not a thing for many families for many reasons. Number four, logistics. We haven't been getting out much for global pandemic reasons, but of course, when you reset the baby clock, that also means you can't pack lightly anymore. She rolls with gear. We'd saved everything but car seats for the most part. Now that she's ta- now she's toddling, so the baby gates are back out and the outlets are covered one by one. That's effort, but temporary. Context. I had my three at ages 26, 30, and 35. One C-section, two V-backs. The full-term pregnancies were all obnoxiously breezy, perhaps a gift in exchange for the four that ended so abruptly. My kiddos are about four and a half years apart on average. I like the spacing. It's wild to witness the various developmental stages in tandem, fourth grade, kindergarten, toddler mode, but I love it because it helps me stay more present to how fast they go from one season to the next. My husband and I are both home most of the time now. We haven't hired pro sitters yet because of that and also because we live near family. We lived in Hawaii for the first six years of parenting, it, but it absolutely is a bigger ask and bigger value with three if you're looking for childcare. Aside from all the other factors at play, it's hard and complicated imagining what this round of humans will face in their lifetime. That said, I genuinely believe the ones who make their presence known for any length of time all have something meaningful to contribute to the bigger picture, just like their parents do. Red heart emoji. So that was my essay. (laughs) That was my essay on the reflections of how life has changed. And it's not all inclusive. So if you'll allow me, I've got some doodles for the margins to just kind of add in as I'm reflecting in real time with you via the microphone right now. So one of the other big things, or just to expand on one of the things that I referenced in there is that it's such a gift to me. And again, I acknowledge and I understand that this is not something that lots of people will experience for many different reasons, but I am just so incredibly thankful for the clarity of knowing that she's our final baby because it helps me keep everything in check and perspective. Not all the time, of course, but for the most part, I really have been like, okay, like, yes, sometimes she wakes up. Some nights she wakes up more than other nights, but this whole year I've been like, yeah, but it's only going to last for so long. And then she's going to grow out of that. She's going to be sleeping fine. She's going to be sleeping through the night. Like I just haven't been in a rush for pretty much anything. I've been documenting. And then that reminds me to document Big Brothers too, because it's like you can look back at the pictures from a year ago, like, oh, she was a newborn. But then you can see how much, you know, for example, my second little guy, Diki's face is is already stretched out so much, you know, like it was just his little cheeks were just a little bit chubbier this time last year when he was four, almost five, as opposed to five, almost six. And so having that rotation of seeing, wait, one, 
wait, you're, you're growing so fast, but that also means, okay, then you're also growing so fast. So I also want to anchor in these moments with you. And that's a challenge actually of having multiple kiddos, because I feel like they each progressively grow faster in many ways, or it's like once another one hits the scene, then everybody speeds up from one X to two X to three X, you know, like I picture the little fast forward triangles whenever you're fast forwarding a show. So that's a challenge, but it's also a gift because seeing them all simultaneously, I'm reminded that like, okay, well, this isn't, this stage isn't going to last forever. When I only had Bryson, it felt like each phase was going to last forever. You know, when you're going somewhere, like if you're at a restaurant, for example, and you're looking for the bathroom, when you're looking for the bathroom, cause you don't know where it is and you're taking in everything along the way, it feels like it's a longer distance from your table. But then when you're on your way back, it's like, oh. It's just right there because you already kind of know the way. That's how I feel with parenting where it's like, okay, it felt slow because you don't know what's around the corner. So you're just kind of like on alert. I know I've talked about this before. I don't know if I've talked about it in the podcast or live streams or Instagram posts or something, but I still remember packing away Bryson's newborn clothes, getting the three-month clothes out and reflecting on how fast it went that he outgrew all of these things. It was like physical evidence. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. He is growing. Things are changing and thinking every day he's as little as he's ever going to be, you know, at least through childhood, I understand in adulthood, we fluctuate, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Every day she's as little as she's going to be. And so I'm thankful to Bryson and for Deacon for teaching me those lessons so that as a 35, 36 year old first year mom, I've been able to really soak these moments in more. So it's like, yes, it went fast, but I feel like I was as present as I wanted to be, or I possibly could have been while still being a human who lives in 2021 and all of that. You know what I mean? Um, it's also different because with Bryson, I was still working. I still had two part-time jobs. And then I started my business when he was in toddler mode. So it wasn't in his first year that I started my business, but I had, you know, he was going to an in-home daycare two days a week at that time, like once he was six months old and then Deacon didn't actually start going to a preschooly daycare situation a few days a week till we moved here when he was 18 months old, we would have friends come over. Like we had one babysitter who would come sometimes for some mornings. And then we had a friend who would come some mornings, like two or three mornings a week at some point when Jeremy was gone, because he actually deployed when Deacon was three weeks old just for a few months, which is not a long time for any branch. Um, the main, you know, submarine deployments would usually be six to eight months, but he had done one when I was pregnant and then he was home for Deke's birth. And then he left again for a few months when he was brand new. And so that was a much different experience than what I've had because I had Deke and Bryson solo, which is why I was like, okay, I'm going to need some help. I'm going to need a sitter because I need to like take a nap and know that this baby is safe and cared for if I'm going to be able to make it through bedtime with these two humans, you know? So that's why we would find, I would get creative with solutions to um, get support, loving, capable hands who could help me out at least a few hours a week to make it through that season. This has been so different from that because we are both home, which is like I don't know. I know we're going to mix things up. And as the world opens up and as things start to shift and grow with business and books and all of that, that I'll be out and about a little bit more. But I'm like, I don't even think they remember seeing us like get up and go out and go to work really. And I understand that's a thing too with pandemic for lots of people for many different layered reasons. 
but it's just so different this first year. Of course, also she's got two doting big brothers, which has been really sweet because they were home for a good chunk. And then they recently, just recently started back at in-person school. And so that's been a different thing. Like as the whole family unit that we've been hunkered down together, it's just a very different experience and dynamic. And then also the fact that she's my one and only daughter. She's my favorite girl. And I used to be intimidated. I mean, I'd be lying if I said I'm not still to a large degree of being a girl mom. I was like, okay, I feel like, you know, the dudes are more low maintenance and I'm, I don't, I don't know if I can be someone's role model in terms of what it means to be a woman and all of that. Like, I don't feel feminine enough in some ways. And I know that that's all, like all of those terms are so loaded for so many reasons, but I really truly was intimidated. I'm like, I don't do the bow thing. I don't, I don't love pink. And I say that and I'm sitting in a room full of pinky ruffly bows and whatever, but I had so many stories around what that means. And so one of the things I love and I'm so thankful for is how she's teaching me and calling me to reflect on what it does mean to me to be a woman and what the the dance between masculine and feminine and the wholeness of a person regardless, like all of these things that I've been reflecting on since she joined our family, it's just, I can't wait to see, you know, who she becomes and how she grows, even down to like her hair. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm curious if her hair is going to be like mine or not. And I love seeing my husband as hashtag girl dad, like the two of them together. It's just so sweet, the bond that they have. So the current flow that we have right now is that I take the boys to school and then I come home and then it's just so cute to walk in and see whether they're at the breakfast table and they're eating or maybe they're in the living room playing or listening to music. Oh, because she does love music. So ever since she could sit up, probably around six or seven months, she's been like dancing. As long as there's a beat, she'll find it. And it's just precious. I, I don't remember that actually with the boys that either of them were so into music. It makes her very happy. <sighs> What else should I anchor in? It's been an interesting thing because part of me wants to run, you know, like after Deacon, I kind of was wanting to run away from businessy things. Like I, I don't, can't remember. You'll have to let me know if I've shared this story before about the workshops, about when I was creating the Beyond the Site workshops and scooted the timeline and all of that. Like I didn't want to do worky things. And I was reevaluating and each of each of my kiddos has ushered in a new layer and season of naptime empires, for example. So with Bryson, I was actually building my naptime empire because he was the little one that I was working around his nap times and his daycare days and whatever, as I was creating, you know, working one-on-one -on -one and creating a course about copy. And then with Deaky, he ushered in this conversation because I was like, the, the seed had been planted before I was pregnant with him, but then once he actually hit the scene, I was like, I want to talk about this intersection of parenthood and entrepreneurship and what people are doing. And that's when I started recording the podcast and engaging with hundreds of women and moms and moms to be having these conversations. And then Noe, of course, lit the fire under my butt <laughs> to actually get going on writing the manuscript because I, I was at first going to try to challenge myself to self-publish the book before she was born, which didn't happen. And I'm actually really thankful for that because she's literally helping me revisit and redefine what Naptime Empires means to me and can look like because it's different at this point. It's just so different. So anyway, all that to say, I'm very curious to see where the Naptime Empires 
this this naptime empires dynamic, my third and final, um, where it's going to lead us in the next few years. But I do know that I've been trying to be patient and more patient with myself in knowing that she's only little for a little while. And that goes for all of them, even Bryson, as he's turning 10, you know, like, I don't, it's not like, I don't care what he's doing just because he's 10. I still care. So it's not like it's only about them being little. I feel like I'm always going to care because I want to know what they're up to. I want to know what they care about and what they're excited about and applying for robotics club and things like that. It's like, I want to be available to treasure those things up. And it's just helping me really define and get really crystal clear on what the trade-offs are that I am willing to make and the decisions that I'm making in terms of designing my business moving forward really all center around family and lifestyle and how available I want to be and how available I don't want to be and the right mix for me in terms of, and again, of course, pandemic considerations and all of that, but like in person, I just love the virtual option. I'm so thankful for the options that we have to be able to do things from home while they are napping or otherwise gainfully, quietly occupied in the house or at a daycare or school or something like that. There are just so many options for us right now that I'm just feeling really thankful. I'm thankful for this baby girl and I'm thankful for our support network here. I'm thankful for decisions and privileges and um, opportunities that we've had to lead us to this point in stage where we've been able to spend so much time together in these formative months and years. And I'm looking forward to whatever's coming next and all the all the mess and the ups and the downs and the challenges and the frustrations and the Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. I have to grip my teeth to um, avoid like eating you, you know? Is that just me? I talk through my teeth a lot to her, <laughs> to cute babies and cute things. Anyway, okay, that's enough rambling on her first year. If you have any questions, I don't know what questions you would have about it. Or if you enjoyed this, I would love to hear from you. Tag me at Nikki Elledge Brown, send me an email, write a review. Let me know if you have any requests for topics for future episodes. But otherwise, I'll just be over here chipping away and tinkering away at the book and creating the space for a mutual inspiration society, which I will be sharing more about in the weeks and months to come. But otherwise, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for spending time with us, with me today, with Noe in spirit as we've been talking about her first year. And I hope that this encouraged you in some way if you're building your own naptime empire over there or just wanting to anchor in and document a, a valuable, meaningful season of your life. It's worth the time to do it. If you want to record a voice memo for yourself today that you can listen back on just to anchor in what's going on and what's mattering most to you right now, I would argue it's a valuable exercise that's worth your time. So thanks for spending some of that with me and I'll catch you in the next one. This show may be over, but the conversation is just beginning. Head on over to naptimeempires.com slash Facebook so you can join my free, wait, did I say free? I'm in priceless, rapidly growing community of Naptime Empire Builders for deeper discussions, behind the scenes scoop, and of course, updates whenever I've got new stuff coming up for you. NaptimeEmpires.com slash Facebook. See you there. See you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Good job, buddy.